Welcome back, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me today, I've got my co-host, Blazer Ben. Blazer Ben, how we living? Bingo, bingo, bongo, Blazer fans. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you. Uh, always good to be here. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so we got a few things to talk about. There's uh, some rumblings in the uh, Blazer world these days. So, uh, you know you know what? Before we do that, though, let's have a word from our sponsor. Get a little more out of watching NBA games with Daily Fantasy. Every Norman Pal drive, Nurkic rebound, or Dame game winner means so much more when you're playing with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. So let's dive into the Western Conference playoffs. We've got a matchup between the Utah Jazz and the LA Clippers. Jazz are up one against the LA Clippers right now. I think they're playing currently as we're recording. Uh, ben, I don't know if you got the the score to that game, but uh, yeah, have you been I watching? Mean, yeah, I mean, as of right now, I mean, not that it matters because this is not a live recording. Uh, it's almost at halftime and the Jazz are up by about 10. Uh, it was, was tied about five minutes ago but yeah they're up about 10 60 to 50 right now with a minute left in the second nice nice uh who do you have coming out of that man i mean it seems like the clippers just haven't haven't looked like they were like they've been up to snuff against the jazz seems like the jazz are just putting it putting it to them well paul george is doing his famous you know playoff disappearing playoff p playoff yeah you know uh he's not doing too hot he's got and he's he's got nine points going in going into half right now. You know Kawhi leading the team of fourteen, uh, but you know I just gotta sing praise for Donovan Mitchell. I think what the first game he had like forty some odd points. Spider, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean he's just impressive player all around. Um, I'm glad to see him back from his injury and, and playing up to full strength. Hopefully, uh, but you know I, I'm picking the Jazz out of that not because they're the higher seed, but I just feel like. It, it's time for one of the, the underdog teams who are succeeding. You know, the small market teams. Right. Like, wouldn't like that be Blazers. nice, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, someone to represent the small market teams like us and, and you know, uh, Phoenix. I mean, I Milwaukee. Consider, yeah. We're going to talk about them in a second. But. Yeah, I would consider Phoenix the other small market team too, you know. People that don't attract those big free agents in the offseason, you know, people to make the big threes or the big fours. Or even the mm-hmm. bench players mm-hmm. to, to help out. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice to see the Jazz are, are succeeding. I mean, I I can't remember the last time the Jazz were, you know, this relevant. I mean, besides. Malone. I was going to say, besides the Stockton Malone era. Exactly. I used to love watching that team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned the Phoenix Suns. Let's talk about the Phoenix Suns. They are putting a smackdown on Denver. I love to see it. You love it, right? I mean, a little bit of me loves to see it, absolutely, because you know you <laughs> love seeing the team that beat you get beat. And yeah. you know the Phoenix Suns—they uh, have a, a full roster effort. You know, there's not really one person that's outshining all. You know, D books obviously going to come out and get a little more uh, ball handling and shots up than other players on the team, but you know. Bridges is making his points. Paul, Chris Paul is coming through after his yeah, shoulder let's, injury. Let's talk about Chris Paul for a second. My goodness. That, um, was it game two? That ridiculous double-double he had? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't caught much of the of the Phoenix-Denver uh, series, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, Chris Paul had 17 points, 15 rebounds, five boards. Ridiculous. I mean, that's a pretty solid stat line. You know, you don't need 30 and 10. You know, 17 and 15 is just as impressive. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, my whole thought is this guy looked like he wasn't even going to play in the playoffs after having that what seemed to be a pretty significant shoulder injury, and 
then he comes out and puts up 17 and 15 in the second round. That's nuts. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I feel I feel really happy for Chris because that guy has had such a hard time when it comes to the playoffs. Once he gets in the postseason, it's like he gets take if he gets there, he gets taken out by one injury or another. It's it, it, it's been really unfortunate for him so far. So it's for me, it's nice to see him succeeding. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you feel like there's a little part of Chris Paul that, you know, is bionic and he's, you know, <laughs> persevering through whatever injury he has, you know, not showing his his pain that he's he's in during this playoffs, you know, to be there for his teammates, you know. I mean, there were I mean, Aiton even had a double-double, 15 and 10. Booker had a double-double, 18 and 10. You know, mm-hmm. Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges had 16 points. Jay Crowder, 11 points. Uh, Torrey Craig off the bench, 10 points. You know, that was a full team effort right there. And, you know, when you get a full team effort, as you saw with the Blazers, you get a win. You don't get a full oh, we, team we effort. Oh, we saw that with the Blazers? We did. You know, when Simons <laughs> would come in and get his points, Melo would come in, get his points. Yeah. You know. I mean, we saw it in spurts, a game here or there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you got MPJ with 11 points. Aaron Gordon with six. Faku with a big whopping three. You yeah, know, yeah. talk about a disappearing act, Faku. Well, I mean, it helps when he's playing against a defensive-minded guard, you know. Did we have true. any of those? Yeah, true, true, true. I mean, but we also had uh, the ex-Blazer, Mr. Will the Thrill Barton, coming back. Yeah. Uh, from his injury, he finished mm-hmm. the game with uh, 10 points, 3 assists, 1 rebound, you know. so People's champ right there. Yeah, Will the Thrill, man. Guy with the I mean, little uh, DJJ uh, inside of him with the with the hops and the flight, I would like to say. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he kind of reminds me of maybe a, a more polished Travis Outlaw. A little shorter, but more polished for me. Mm-hmm. Travis is one of the most clumsiest players I That's what I, That's what I'm saying. More more polished is what that's what Anybody's I'm alluding to. Anybody's more polished than, than, <laughs> than Trout. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as far as the Suns Nuggets series, I hope the Suns go in and at least take one of the two from Denver. Uh, and then they come home and wrap it up so they can get some rest before they have to face either the Jazz or the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely it, it seems like it's probably going to be the Jazz just the way that they're playing. But, you know, either way, I think the Suns are going to have their hands full with which with whichever team they play. Um. So let's let's move on to the Eastern Conference, and I got to be honest with you, man. I haven't I haven't watched any of these, but we got the Sixers and the Hawks, both tied one one right now. Have you been able to watch any of these games? Yeah, I caught the first Sixers Hawks game uh, where Trey Young balled out, you know, um, and I think that the second game Joel Embiid showed up uh, finally. And was able to put the smack down on the team. But, you know, uh, surprisingly, Ben Simmons only had four points in game two that they won. So, uh, is that the, I, but is that the game where, because I, I, I check box scores, believe it or not, but mm-hmm. isn't that the game where Embiid went off? Like, yeah, Embiid had crazy. 40 and 13. Yeah. You know, to, I, mean, I mean, Seth Seth Curry had 21. So, you know, yeah, obviously they're picking up for Ben Simmons' lack of scoring. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'd but like I, to I think I, that Ben Simmons is not known for his scoring now. He's going to be more of a defensive-minded player. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I No, I, that, that's you took the words right out of my mouth. Because I don't think for the 76ers to be successful, I don't think they need Ben Simmons to score very much. I think what they need is for him to shut down his opponent. That's that's what I think they need. So, you know, yeah. it's uh that that's going to be a fun series though. I mean, it's already I mean, it's 1-1. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better from that series. Um do do you think that's going 7 games? It depends on how Embiid plays. You know, it's it's just going to be on the ups and downs of his his game in game out. You know, I, I'd like to pick Atlanta in this with the upset. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the way Trey Young plays. Uh, they're a little arrogant on that team, and arrogance is just not something I root for. You know, like yeah. I felt the Nuggets were very arrogant when they were on rolls and stuff like that. 
you know, you don't really see the Blazers showing a lot of uh, uh, negative, arrogant emotions when we go on runs and stuff like that. You know, we keep our faces straight. We keep our emotions, you know. Don't you, don't you wish in, we really. would, though? No. Don't you wish we would? No. Takes it out, I, I, I feel like it takes it out of the game, you know? See, I... I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum here because I would like to see the Blazers. I, first of all, I like how we keep tying everything back into the Blazers. but <laughs> Well, that's what we are. Uh, We're a Blazers podcast. So you know. <laughs> that, yeah, that's right. So I personally, one of the reasons why I love Zach Collins is because he's the guy that goes out there, dunks on somebody, blocks somebody, stares them down, starts talking in their ear. He's the guy... I've said it. I, I feel like I've said it, you know, back during the bubble or something. But that's that's a guy that's full of, of piss and vinegar, man. Like, that's the guy that's going to go out there and get in the heads of the opponents. And that's what I love about him. So, who, personally. Who are you talking about? Zach Collins. Is he in the G League? <laughs> no, he's riding the pine. Oh, he's on the team. Oh, my bad. My bad. Sorry, Zach. My bad. But when he comes back, when he comes, honestly, man, like when he's on the court, he's he's my second favorite player on on the roster. I'm surprised you can remember what it was like to see him on the court. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's only uh, folk tales and legends at this point. Yeah, right. Which chapter of the book were you reading? <laughs> Uh, hopefully not the end. So yeah, uh, moving moving on, we've got uh, the the other series, the Brooklyn Nets against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now their their third game just finished up today, and surprisingly, Milwaukee pulled out a win. Ben, I know you saw some of that. Yeah, yeah, I saw the first quarter where. Uh, Milwaukee was up like 25 to like nine at one point. And then I, then I went to dinner with a, with a buddy and came back. Uh, it was fourth quarter and it was 76, 76. And I was like, well, just what happened? You know, it, it, Milwaukee scored 40 some odd points in three quarters. Like, and, and the Nets came back with that. And that's at, at one that's point, crazy. you know, KD made a three and they were up by three. And the announcers were like, and this is the largest lead the Nets have had of this entire game. <laughs> you know surprising I, yeah i mean even even with harden out jeff green you know two-star players uh riding the pine brooklyn is just dominating but they couldn't pull out the third win uh, it's understandable you know milwaukee's got their home crowd behind it uh they've got deer valley or whatever outside their arena with thousands of fans just chilling there watching it on big screens i mean i really wish portland would have done something like that that would have been cool oh man I mean, but see. but does that really does that really fly outside of the playoffs in this town? Because like you would have to have that covered with some space heaters or something. Because most of the time, fans are going to be out there in the pouring down rain, snow. Like it sounds that sounds miserable. Uh, <laughs> snow's a little much, but you know this is Milwaukee, Wisconsin, hey, so you yeah, know that's it's probably true. not much warmer than it is here. You know that's that's a there. very good point. That is a very good point. I stand corrected. So I remember, uh, like, what, five, four or five years ago, the Blazers opened up the arena to play the games on the big screens. And I think I went to one of those, you know, sat in the club level. And, and just it's mm-hmm. just always fun to be there, surrounded by people that enjoy the game, enjoy the team, uh, and want to see the best for what's, what's going on. And so I feel like that's an experience that a lot of people uh, should take advantage of when given the opportunity, is to just go sit and, and be engulfed in the arena experience just, just whether be with, there's a game going or not yeah just be with like-minded individuals man like that's there's something to be said about just the atmosphere in the arena even if even if there aren't games like uh i know we're skipping ahead a little bit but you know um was it last night or no no today this morning we tweeted out um a picture of uh well myself uh meeting antonio harvey you know back what I guess that was about five years ago that five years um, ago. yeah that you and I took a, a guided tour of the facility and you know just walking into the to the locker room man like it gave me chills you know just just being in the arena itself I mean it, I guess it depends on how much the Blazers truly mean to you but a, a true Rip City fan like you get chills when you walk into the arena I do every single time and uh, you know I, I to, to your point, it's like, you know, if, if if 
the arena is going to be open to be showing these away games like you gotta go you gotta go yeah if you got the time and, and the ability to go you have to be there just because there is no experience quite like it especially if it's free you know you don't exactly. have to buy a ticket exactly you know? granted yeah if you want a beer it's 10 bucks you know or if you want a hot dog it's you know 15 but <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta figure out you're not paying anything to get in so you know mm-hmm. you'd spend that much at a bar if you were to go watch it with buddies there might as oh, well yeah. go enjoy it in, in an uh, environment that is just one to remember really you know mm-hmm. I yeah I agree I agree uh, alright so we've covered the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference. Did we say what the standings were for uh, the Nets and Bucks? If we didn't, it's 2-1 for the Nets. In favor of the Nets, we'll see if Milwaukee can pull out the upset. But Yeah, Jeff Green's recently, slated to come back, you know, on game four. You know, Harden has no timetable per Steve Nash coach. But honestly, you know, if Brooklyn's doing fine, why bring Harden back if you need if you don't need to? You know, let the guy rest. Yeah, true. I mean, they they played most of their season without their stars on the court together. Yeah. So why not? Well, yeah. Why 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 rush him back? I agree. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So recently we had a shakeup within the organization. Terry Stotts. We mentioned it on the last podcast uh, episode. Terry Stotts is gone. The Blazers are currently in the search for a new head coach. And we've got a list of, of potential candidates here. Um, and actually, as of today, there's a list of 20 candidates. We don't have all the names. But among them, you've got Juwan Howard, who today, uh, Woj stated he has no interest in the job. He has no interest in coaching in the NBA. He's not leaving Michigan, which I don't blame him. Uh, I think we went into that in detail on the last episode too. I think I think uh, our co-host Rosa Panta uh, kind of went off on that one. Then we got Chauncey Billups, and I feel like Rip City is a bit divided on him. But Mr. Big Shot, I mean, they call him Mr. Big Shot for a reason. He, he played with probably on one of the best, if not top three defensive teams that won a championship. That might be a good fit, guys. That might be a good fit. What do you, what do you think, Ben? Yeah. Detroit basketball. Chauncey Billups. You know. Yeah. Sorry. I just had to get my announcer voice in there for that. No, that's okay. That's uh, you can edit that out later. <laughs> oh, it's staying in. That is uh, staying in. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally support what you said, man. The defensive mind, you know, the the defensive team that they were on. Like I said last pod with Ben Wallace, Tayshawn Prince, you know, Rip Hamilton. Uh, that was a very defensive minded team, you know, and the points just came. I feel uh, like you're missing somebody on that team. Who am I missing? Wasn't Sheet on that team? Was Sheet on the champion team? I'm pretty sure Sheed was on there, wasn't he? Uh, if not, if not, we'll just cut this out. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who. I don't think so. He was. So while, so while you're looking it up, they also have mentioned Jeff Van Gundy, who I don't think anybody truly wants here in Portland. The guy's oh been out God. of the game for too long. I stand corrected. You're welcome, Rip City. You're welcome, Bucket Busters. <laughs> Mr. Technical Foul himself, Rashid Wallace, was on that team. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the year they drafted Darko Milicic. Uh, yeah, one man. of the biggest draft busts. I mean, Portland's well-known for draft busts. So, <laughs> you know, we feel Detroit's pain on that one. Yep. But, yeah, Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton, Darko Milicic, Tayshawn Prince. Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Corliss Williamson from Arkansas. He was a baller in his day. But, yeah. Carry on, man. (laughs) No worries, man. (laughs) So, uh, I think I left off on Van Gundy. 
Uh, I don't think Rip City wants him here. Uh, he's been out for too long. Then we've got we've got another one, Anthony Hardaway. That's interesting. Penny. Yeah. What do you think about that that name, Ben? I mean, I'm all I'm all for advocating for former players that have that have lived it, experienced it, been through it, you know, in the trenches to finally come and be uh, coaches. I feel like it's a full circle in their basketball life. You know, sure. They 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 start as a kid and they do whatever they do in the youth leagues, go through college professionals, and then they end it as a coach. I feel like it's the 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 upper echelon to their careers, you know, uh, in an sure. order of that, you know, obviously winning, winning championships, regardless of what your stature is with the team is one of the goals, but you know, to lead a team, you know, at, from the coaching aspect would be best. And I'd love to see Penny Lil, maybe he'll bring Lil Penny with him, you know, <laughs> uh, to ride the pine. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, Anthony Hardaway with Shaquille O'Neal back in the day. Oof. Yeah. You know, I since you're bringing up, you know, former players being coaches, I mean, again, another name we had mentioned on the podcast uh, last time was Ime Yudoka. And I don't know if he's actually on their list of candidates, but, I mean, who would you rather have, Anthony Hardaway or Ime Yudoka? Because I'll tell you what, Anthony Hardaway, I'm pretty sure, didn't study under Greg Popovich for seven years. No, no. I mean, and Ime's with the Nets right now. So, you know, whether he's looking as an to get assistant, a head coach. Though. Yeah, yeah, as an assistant. Yeah, under, as an assistant under Steve Nash, you know, in a thriving franchise who, you know, might be having a dynasty. Who knows how their playoff will play out and if they're going to retain their stars. Yeah. But, you know, who knows if he's looking to make that jump to the head coaching spot. But I did see a couple articles today that threw his name out there um, as, a, as a why not. Why, why is he not on the list kind of thing? And yeah. so just to, to echo what you're saying, you know, why not is why is Ime not on there? Exactly. I mean, the guy's got Portland ties as it is. He would be a good fit. He'd be a player's coach. Um, you know, he has the experience. He's got... I mean, he's, his resume speaks for itself, man. I I personally have him at the top of my list. Um, but then there's another guy, Mike D'Antoni. Currently an assistant with the Nets. Apparently, he's showing interest in the Blazers. So that that leads me to believe, like, if we bring in D'Antoni, I feel like we're bringing in more of the same. Am I right? Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. I was going to say, you couldn't agree. Yeah, couldn't agree more. <laughs> he's a, he's a guy that more. started small ball. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, I think I think if the Blazers are smart, they just cross him off the list right now. Cross him off. That's not what you want. That's not what you need. It's not what we want, man. It's what Neil O'Shea wants, you know. And Well, and, and that's, that's a good point. And actually segues into our, our next segment here. Uh, recently... Uh, Rip City's been fired up. I've I've seen it all over Twitter. People are going crazy. And if I had to guess, and take a stab at this, I'm going to say it's going to be because of his press conference. And I'm going to say it has something to do with him saying the following. During his press conference, according to Neil, the first round exit has nothing to do with roster construction, essentially throwing Stotts under the bus after he's already, I don't want to say been fired, but after he's already agreed to mutually part ways and can't even, can't even come up with a a rebuttal to this. What do you think about that, Ben? Yeah, man, I feel that's strongly pointing fingers at someone that can't point back. You know, basically saying that he had nothing to do with it when, in fact, he has a huge role in the construction and execution of what's going on. You know, um, it's just it, it, it's he's trying to put blame on someone that's not here to take the spotlight off of himself. Well, I tell you what, it's it's an easy out. That's what it is. Correct. It's an easy out. Yeah. And it's, you know, without. I, you know, I don't want to get into to whether Jody has has anything uh, to do with it or not. The fact that Neil maybe 
might seem a little untouchable at the moment or maybe just wants to impress his you know the the newish owner um but let's i mean it's neither here nor there but let's move on to the next one of the next things he says and i want to get your opinion on it one of the things that's getting lost in this is we've made the playoffs eight years in a row we're one of the winningest small market franchises in the league in the free agent market market usually beats team in those instances now to me shouldn't this signify that he's hit his ceiling as a gm if you if you've made the playoffs for eight years in a row with all these moves that you've been doing you're not getting any better with these moves so if you're gonna fire star agree to part ways with stots because he hasn't gotten better what do you think we should be thinking about you big guy what do you think ben yeah i mean it had to have been with relations with stots too you know it's not he's not just sitting there you know pulling names out of a hat for what he needs to do next he's you know uh conferring with stots because he's the head coach of the team you know he's probably helping build the team together they're working on it hand in hand they're constructing what they feel would be a championship team you know it's not stats it's not just Olshay. it's a team effort you know they're working together and you know that quote i mean i i don't disagree with that quote either you know we are winning the winningest small market franchises like i said it's good to see utah and phoenix thriving as small market franchises right now uh, but we also struggle to get the big names to come to us too, you sure. know. But but to me, it's 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 misdirection using truths, right? Like he's 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 skirting around the issue at hand, and that's the fact that he hasn't created a better team with the moves that he's made. There's there's has, since he's been here, there hasn't been one of those blockbuster moves. No. Every, everything's been sold as a blockbuster move, but they've never actually been a blockbuster move. We keep bringing in these guys on, you know, potential or, you know, what they did two years ago or what, you know, what we think they could be. And it hasn't panned out. We've we've just plateaued for eight years. Yeah. I mean, he signs Ronnie Hood to a contract and then gone. You know, Rodney has right here. I mean, he did some of his probably biggest air quote moves this last offseason, bringing in Rocco and Derek Jones Jr. You know. Yeah, but how how much did did Derek Jones Jr. play in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like Rocco was was a good pickup. Rocco Rocco was probably close to what we had all expected him to be. I thought he was going to be a little better offensively, but. I mean, he was close to what we had expected. Now, I say this all, but you got to give him a little bit of credit, I guess, because he did bring in Nurk. He did draft CJ. You know, he, he he's brought in some pieces that helped us get to the, the point where we're at, but he hasn't gotten any better. It's like he's resting on his laurels, right? I mean, I got I got this picture right here. I know no one can see it, but that's <laughs> Neil O'Shea and, and Jody Allen sitting side by side at the first home game for the Lakers that they allowed fans in. You know, it would pay to be a fly on that seat right there to hear what's going oh, on. Wouldn't it? You know, because you also got over. You got Chris McGowan. He looks like he's asleep. He's not watching the <laughs> game. And then you mm-hmm. got Mr. Burt Burt Kolb here, who is one of the higher ups in the Vulcan. Uh, company, you know, I feel like he would be a great successor for Paul Allen if Jody wanted to just pass it on to him. You know, I feel like he is uh, heavily involved with the Seahawks, so why not get his expertise here in the in the Portland community too, and the team? But, oh, for you know. sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, who's to say what what? Olshay is gonna do here uh, in the in the forthcoming months. If he's here, if he's here, right? But I mean, let's hope it's something. Let's hope it's something good, something big. Um, but I think the first hurdle that we have to get over is getting that head coach, and 
there's another hurdle there. He basically said any coach that replaces Stotts is going to have to be better defensively without a big roster shakeup. He said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of next season 80% of the starters will be back. He guarantees it. So to me, that's saying he doesn't really want to change the roster. He doesn't truly believe that it's the roster's fault. And it it makes me believe that maybe Norman Powell may not be staying. Maybe he doesn't think he can retain him. Or maybe he is trying to think of a, a blockbuster trade involving CJ. You know, it's time will tell. But I think in the, in the, I see you looking up something, Ben. I was just bringing up back the contracts to see who is going to be back and who's not going to be back. That's all. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think in, in regards to roster shakeups, I think we should explore uh, a recent roster move that I've seen plastered all over the internet for Portland. It involves the Pacers, the Celtics, and the Blazers. Now, this prospective trade... The Blazers would get Miles Turner from Indiana, Marcus Smart from Boston, Indiana would get Anthony Simons, and Tristan Thompson from Boston, and Boston would get Nurkic, Nasir Little, and Derek Jones Jr. Ben, what do you think about this trade? Indiana's not going to do that, man. I just, you don't you know, think so? Just, the more I look at it, I don't think Indiana, they're going to give up Miles Turner for Anthony Simons and Tristan Thompson. I mean, if they want to give up for, for Anthony and feel like that he's going to be the point guard of the future for that team, then, I mean, call me fooled. You know, that that then that would be great. But I would love, on the Blazers aspect, I would love to see it. You know, Miles Turner, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a year younger than Nurk. Uh, he's 6'11". He averages 12.6 rebounds, 2.2 blocks a game. And uh, this year a he got some votes. Presence. Yeah, he got some votes this year for Defensive Player of the Year. And I'd like to yeah. think he's a lot more agile than Nurk. You know, when it comes to uh, someone, you know, almost seven foot being able to have the mobility to move on a pick and roll and catch a lob or something like that. You know, and I would be fine with giving up Simons, Nurkic, Little, and, and Derek Jones, you know. Uh, yeah, Jones I mean, is for. An expiring contract. Nurkic is an expiring contract. Nasir Little's got two years left. Simons is an sure. expiring contract. So, you know, if these teams want to take on expiring contracts, uh, then that's what they're looking to get. So. For sure. I mean, I, I think Indiana would be getting fleeced in this. Um, I, think, I think Boston probably comes out pretty good obviously the blazers would come out you know the winners of this trade um it's a little one-sided here but you know i think indiana just gets fleeced absolutely fleeced in this trade yeah indiana's gonna get a draft pick or something thrown in there yeah they gotta get something else for that because giving up miles turner i mean that's that would be huge and you know but at the same time i think if we're gonna give up nurkic you have to get somebody like miles turner so it's it's an interesting uh, prospect uh, for a trade, but you know I'm sure we're going to see a plethora of these coming out in the next few weeks, All in the next month. All oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, and if but, that, you if know, that, if that trade were to go through, that would leave us with two open roster spots too. And that's sure that's that's a struggle that we do is trying to fill empty roster spots here in Portland. Yeah, and and you know, this is going to be a, a pretty interesting free agency market too cuz you got you got a few players that could come in and instantly make a difference. I mean, just going through the list and and not saying that any of these guys would choose to come to Portland, <laughs> but you know, you never know. You never know. Dame was pretty upset, pretty disappointed. He might try and go out there and make make moves, right? Make something happen, but we've got we got Kawhi on a player option, Chris Paul on a player option, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, John Collins is a restricted free agent, Dennis Schroeder, Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, like these guys, like oh, Depot, man, like you think about these guards, if we do end up trading away CJ, 
which is pretty and we're not saying we don't keep bringing up trading cj because we don't like cj the guy is a great dude we bring up cj because he's really portland's only attractive trade piece but you trade him and you pick up somebody like kyle lowry mike conley demar derozan like you're sitting pretty good to pair up with whoever it is that you just brought in unless unless Olshay completely doo-doo's the bed on that trade. I mean, you're you're probably sitting pretty good. Um, you got Ibaka, Mitchell Robinson, who we mentioned on the last episode, Andre Drummond, Montrez Harrell on a player option, Bobby Portis, who we also mentioned, and then of course there's Blazer legend Norman Powell. Do you think Le- any of these legend? Guys? <laughs> yeah, Le- Blazers legend. What do Blazers you legend. Like. 12 15 games for us. He played he played he played for us for however many games. Instant legend. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean the the thing is with CJ and trade talks though. He's got a 100 million dollar contract and teams aren't willing to absorb a 100 million dollar contract for a player that's turning 30 years old. That has never been on an all-star team, you know, that is starting to become injury prone as he had this year for the first time. Um it's it's a tough one to leverage uh, for us to get something valuable in return. And it's going to take a master magician or maestro to construct a trade that's going to benefit us while giving well, according, up our second best. According to Neil O'Shea, he may be that master magician. No, master. Oh, just real quick on the Neil O'Shea. I caught the tail end of his uh, his press conference. Mm-hmm. That guy is so argumentative with reporters. It is crazy. <laughs> I think it was Aaron Fentress said, started talking about, so with the three-guard three lineup and three small players going out, and he goes, small. Damian Lillard's not small. What, do you, what makes you think he's small? And yeah. Aaron Fentress. He said like, he's well, not I'm sorry. small for a point guard. Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. Three uh, undersized players, you know, playing at the same position. He's like, no, Damian Lillard's not small. Trey Young is small. And I'm just <laughs> like, what is Neil O'Shea doing? He's deflecting. He's just like, yeah. absolutely. Bro, just answer the questions. Just take it. Just go with it. Stop deflecting it. And, and just. Yeah. I mean, there was another one that was like that, too. But I don't, I don't remember what it was. But. The guy was just on edge. You can tell he was like looking over his shoulder, trying to see, you know, if Jody was coming in and was gonna yeah. know, give him the the pink slip. But yeah, man, that was an interesting. I mean, last rightfully few so. Minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's gonna be an interesting offseason, that's for sure. I think that's that's one thing we can all agree on. But moving forward, let's talk about the reigning MVP of this season, Nikola Jokic. You want to talk? I know you want to talk to that, Benjamin. I mean, I don't have much to say. I mean, Derek Rose got a first place vote, man. Derek <laughs> Rose comes off the bench for the yeah. Knicks. And yeah. Damian Lillard could not get a first place vote. Or second place. Uh, or second place. Yeah, granted, Derek Rose, that was his only vote, was a first place vote. Um, so yeah. it made him fall middle of the pack, but it's just kind of who, what, what media wastes their vote on a first place Derrick Rose. But you know, somebody Jokic, who doesn't want to vote for Lillard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was you know midseason people were all saying Jokic. You know, then Embiid got hurt. You know, mm-hmm. Stephen Curry made a flurry at the end of the season. wasn't strong enough to push him up there. He finished third. Uh, Giannis wasn't going to win again. I, no. you know. He wasn't going to, I mean, he finished fourth. Chris Paul, I mean, great effort, valiant effort, way to finish fifth. And then there was Luca and Dame, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is what it is. Jokic was a strong player. He played every single game this season. You know, he put the Nuggets into third place, got them that first round win against us, you know, was a strong contender throughout the entire season so you know i'll give it up to him i'll give props to Jokic, and absolutely uh, shout out to the it. chicken and the nuggets podcast there's your boy winning the mvp <laughs> you know whoop, whoop. 
Yeah. It was good having those guys on. They are yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Are we surprised? Nah, that was his third time winning it, man. Yeah. Do you think he's tired of winning it? <laughs> no, I wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then you got second place Ben Simmons, third place Draymond Green. You know, when you talk defense, those are players that always come up in the conversation. So, you know, you shouldn't yep. be surprised. Uh, it's good to see, you know, defensive people getting recognized regardless. So, yeah, you for know, sure. Congrats to Rudy Gobert on his third uh, defensive player of the year. You know, hopefully more to come for you, man. Yeah, agreed. So, as of today, there are 42 days till the Tokyo Summer Olympics. Now, Team USA basketball is to practice in Las Vegas. Is it July 10th through 18th? Yeah, that's when they're going to have their exhibition games. Uh, okay. Not quite sure who they're playing, but yeah, Team USA men's and women's will be in Las Vegas. Uh, and they don't seems, have rosters set up for those yet. Seems kind of soon, doesn't it? Well, you got to – yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. It seems too soon. I would feel that a lot of the players are going to withdraw their names um, from the roster contention. Uh, and we're going to have a roster full of second, third strings on each team, you know, constructed to play against the, you know, the world's best. You know, who if Joe, who knows if Joker's going to be out there playing for uh, his country? Who knows if Ben Simmons is going to be out there playing for Australia? You know, who knows if, you know, you're a uh, Rudy Gobert. What's Rudy Gobert? Uh, France. France. <laughs> you know, if he's going to be out there playing for, for the French team. So, you know, I feel like all the country's teams are going to be in the same boat, hopefully. You know, so if, if we do get to the Summer Olympics and we are playing with some second and third string players. We know, don't just get smacked. Be, yeah. Because, I mean, that's not USA basketball. I mean, I think, what, one year yeah. we didn't win, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it is too soon. But, you know, the NBA just announced dates for the start of the training camp this year, September 28th. So, hopefully, yeah, after the Summer Olympics, July, August, September. So, you know, there should be a good 30 whole days off mm-hmm. <laughs> for the players, you know, for training camp to start September 28th. And then the regular season will start October 19th. You know, that just states that there's some normalcy coming back into the NBA world because this is the normal dates that things would start. You know, I would always look for a preseason game on my birthday of October 16th, you know, to see uh, what game I'd be able to get tickets to and go take my friends with because, you know, preseasons are are fun to go to as well. You know, some of the times, not, not a lot of times the players are the starters that aren't playing, but still it's just go good, fun to have, uh, let loose, stuff like that. But, you know, it's good to see, like I said, some normalcy coming back. But like I said, going back to the Summer Olympics, I didn't mean to jump to that. No, all good. I do see a lot of the big names, probably like LeBron. I would I would hope, hope that Dame would not, not extend his offer onto the roster uh, for the Summer Olympics. I feel like I mean, you, you never know. You, you never know. I mean, he does need to rest. Just carrying the team on his back all season. You would want him to rest, but at the same time, you also want him to go win something. Go get a medal. Why not? Go get it. Go get it in four years. He's got. He probably got. He's probably got one more in him in four years to join. Probably, I would say yeah. You know, he'll be finishing his contract with us at that point. Yeah, good point. If he's with us. Hey, <laughs> we don't talk like that on this on this podcast. <laughs> All right, man. So that wraps up what we have for NBA and Blazers talk. Let's move in to our final segment. And that, of course, is giving props. Now, our previous host, Rosa Panta, used to start off with a a definition. His was super long. I'm just going to keep it simple. Props is all about giving applause or kudos to a person, place, or event. And Ben, Blazer Ben, I want to know, do you give this props? LeBron James is changing his number back to the number six to coincide with Space Jam. Now, that this isn't uncommon with NBA athletes anymore, but this is a number that he wore with Team USA and Miami. Blazer Ben. Why am I giving this props? 
LeBron James was changing his number? Yeah. No. I don't know. I, I could care less. I mean, honestly, I could care less about LeBron James. Unless it's him do- donating $100,000 to, you know, a, a charity, then I'll give him some props. You know, LeBron James, I feel like, is coming off one of his worst seasons, one of his most crying seasons. You know, first round exits in the NBA playoffs. Um, for him to even still be relevant after the playoffs is concluded for him with the Lakers. Is, is not something I really care about, you know? LeBron James, congratulations, way to go. Change your number to number six, good. Give number 23 back to who deserves number 23, which is the GOAT. So, you know, thank you. Agreed, agreed. So no props from Ben. And, you know, to me, this is just, it's, it's, a, it's screaming like it's a publicity stunt, right? And, and, you know, who knows? Maybe in his head... He just wants to go back to winning basketball. He wants to go back to when he was successful on the court. And when was that? When did that start for him? When he left Cleveland to join Miami and change his number to the number six. Yeah. I'm going to say I probably don't give her props either. Nah. I mean, I I was watching ESPN today. You know, a lot of the shows, they even commented on this in, in, in their highlights. Like, like why baseball's <laughs> going right now hockey's going right now football's starting up we got the playoffs why are we worrying about lebron james changing his number no yeah well thank you i think i think it's lebron trying to stay relevant so no props from either one of us <laughs> now for our final prop segment or er, prop story recently nate robinson versus jake paul then Iron Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. And most recently, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Has boxing become too much of a gimmick, or do we give this props? Blazer Ben. Uh, gimmick for, you know, what it's worth. You know, Mayweather made $35 million in 24 minutes in his Logan Paul fight. Okay, $35 million in 24 minutes. You know, give that just a perspective. Damian Lillard made $30 million this year for the entire season. And look how much more work he put in than 24 minutes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to shout out Roy Jones Jr. Because I think you were with me at that game, weren't you? When Roy it Jones was, was at, a, at a Blazer game. And it we was. walked down to courtside and we Front both row, got photos. Yeah. We got, got some... Some fist photos some with fist Roy bumps, Jones man. Jr. Yeah, man. Just shout out to Roy Jones and uh, Mike Tyson. I am Mike Tyson. I'm the greatest of all time. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you I mean, both of, me? both of them well past their prime. Like you, Mike didn't look good. Roy didn't I mean, look good. I'll give Mike and Roy credit for just trying to get a check. Good for them. For you know, they were the greatest of all times in their era. At uh, least those were two legitimate boxers, right? Yeah, but these YouTube stars that are just like, oh, I could beef up and I can face the best people in the world. The fact that Mayweather's even given him a shot. Well, like, I think I think Mayweather gave him a shot because he know he draws a crowd and people are gonna pay to see this. Mayweather made thirty five million, but I think Logan Paul made five million. Yeah, I mean, and then of course the things coming out that that Mayweather was accused of holding up Logan Paul to extend the match. Did you see those photos where he was Logan Paul was just leaning on him and he was holding him up? Could be. I mean, I wouldn't put that past something in today's day and age of something like, you know, trying to get those bets made, you know. And, I mean, Mayweather's the probably but, making more money on the side, too. You know, but the, also the thing is, like, nobody's going to buy the next one if it ends in the first round, right? Or the second round. But isn't that the isn't that the world of UFC, man? I'm not a big UFC fan. Yeah, so I totally. Apologize but, but, to the UFC fans, if that's no, that's incorrect. fine. But boxing, boxing isn't UFC. Boxing, I mean, boxing purists don't want to see this for the quick knockouts. They want to see something technical. They want to see the beauty in the sport, and there is beauty in boxing. Um, I don't think. I'm sorry, Ben. Before I give my opinion, props or no props. Uh, has boxing become too much of a gimmick? Yes. And I said I'm only giving Tyson and Jones Jr. props 
I'm not giving all the circus acts props. Okay, so you're kind of split. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of an odd props question, but uh, you know, I I think I think boxing is hurting right now because of UFC and all the MMA stuff. Um, but it kind of seems like. Do you remember that old show, Celebrity Deathmatch? Oh yeah, absolutely. The claymation. Was that? Was that yeah, was that on MTV? Yeah, man. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of what it's it's devolving into, if you will, for me. It just seems like they're just trying to get somebody somewhat relevant, maybe not even a fighter, to come in and go toe to toe with a retired fighter, someone who's off their game, somebody who maybe isn't really gonna put up a good fight against an actual fighter just so that they can make some money to me it seems like boxing is going the way of hockey man like it's it's getting to be irrelevant unfortunately ah uh, hockey's you know, still relevant man hockey you know they're getting their it's coming back team. it's coming back what was it 90 96 i think what what year was the the hockey lockout or the strike whatever that oh. was I mean, I think, one, I think whenever that happened, that really hurt hockey, and they've been struggling to come back since. I'm a big fan of hockey, by the way. 92, man. Can't, 92. Oh, 92. Okay. I can't, I can't wait to get some cracking tickets. Is all I'm saying. But I'm gonna give Where's, this story. Oh, that the Seattle team? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna give this whole boxing thing a big thumbs down, because personally. I wouldn't consider myself a boxing purist, but I would like to say that I could aspire to be one, and I appreciate the beauty in the sport. So big thumbs down to this. Well, Ben, now that we've finished up props, I got to give you a big shout out. Thank you for being here. Thank you for adding all your input. Thank you for joining the show and being such a regular uh, contributor, man. I, I, I truly appreciate it. Well, thank you for being the stellar host that you are, my friend. <laughs> the glorious, uh, the notorious Tim Johnson. Yeah, see, I'm not going to be doing that, though. <laughs> oh, I can't even get a Rip City. Oh, you City? wanted me to get a Rip City? Yeah, huh? I, wanted to, I wanted to intro you in and get a Rip City because we we'll, didn't get to hear we'll try that. It. We'll, try it. we'll try it on the next episode. How about All that? Right. All right. <laughs> uh, big props to the Basketball Podcast Network. And last of all, but not least, especially big props to you, our listeners, our Twitter followers, and our bucket busters. You make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic. And with that, Blazer Ben, see us out, brother. That's a wrap for this episode, Blazer fans. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.